Welcome to Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 9, Episode 8, titled Evolution. Uh, yeah, fitting title. Uh, th- this is the mid-season finale for people who are kind of following along at home in real time with us. This, mm-hmm. this you know, it was aired in November of whatever year, 1867, I don't know. Yeah, uh, and yeah I think so. They took, you know, their traditional break to February for the next episode. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this one? I really like this episode. Um, I think that there is um, something the walking dead did really well in the first season or two that they haven't quite done as well is atmospherics. Um, because like, I think they take the cheap route of like, well, we're sweaty running through a hot Georgia forest. So let's just lean into that. We're sweaty and we're running through a hot Georgia forest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of the shots that I thought did a really good job of establishing like the mystery and kind of the dread, um, particularly when like Jesus, Aaron and Daryl are hot on the trail of Eugene and they're like walking across this field that's like shrouded in fog and you can see a, a barn sticking out of it. And then like, uh, you know, the graveyard shot is like something straight out of an old hammer horror film yes. and probably intentionally that way. Uh-huh. And I just fucking loved it. And, you know, um, the establishing of like, you know, what's going on with these walkers, um, hearing them kind of whisper the the one that like, you know, dodged Jesus kill stroke and like the, the, the discovery of the true nature of them. I thought all that stuff was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing some really interesting stuff with with Negan. It is still starting to try my patience. This keeping mystery, whatever fucking massive rift. Like every every single oh, episode, yeah. we find out that this rift between the the especially Hilltop and Alexandria is just bigger and bigger between Alexandria and all the different things. Like some shit went down in the no man's land between these things, and um, you know, I definitely invested in it, but like I don't understand the narrative value of keeping it a mystery. So. That's the one. That's the there's there's that's that's the one huge structural flaw I see in this episode or in this this half of the season so far. Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I largely agree. I my first viewing of this, I had my my mind was reeling at the idea uh, that somehow in this dense fog covered landscape that you're talking about in a cemetery that I'm not even sure is on the route that they were supposed to be on. Mm. Uh, that Michonne could somehow meet up with Aaron and Daryl and all. Uh, and I went back the second time and I realized they did just the barest amount, just enough to make me think, okay, maybe this is possible. Um, and so I, I that kind of turned me from hating that last scene to being like, okay, well, let me sit back and look at it uh, from a wider perspective. Because like some of the best stuff The Walking Dead's done in my opinion, as a classic horror fan, is when they do these homages to things. Like, you know, you're talking about the hammer horror stuff, the the Draculas and the mummies and the Wolfmans, things like that. Sure. Very much, you know, that, that graveyard feels like that, or it feels like some of this old uh, classic zombie stuff where, like, the fog rolls in, and that's, you know, when the dead come out 
things the like thunder that. and the lightning and the whistling through the wind yeah, uh, yeah. through the trees yeah that's real good um and then you know one of one of my favorite episodes uh from an homage perspective is the one where the governor is chasing andrea i think through that building and it's very much a slasher like yeah texas chainsaw massacre kind mm-hmm. of thing uh they they really nail that when they go for it um and i was on second watch able to kind of sit back and go okay i see what they're going for here and it's really working for me yeah and i like i didn't ever see the problems with the plot like i i remember thinking like how the fuck did they find eugene and then i'm like oh well daryl had a dog and then from that point on like i got really invested like uh you know i was genuinely worried for some of the characters i was kind of shocked that they killed jesus and i guess that's something i want to discuss at the end of the episode whether we think jesus is actually dead um but like i was like just really caught up and like gee, are they going to be able to get out of here cuz at this point i'm assuming from episodes you know season 9 on like any of the main cast could die at any time yeah. like people are looking <laughs> like if there's not enough zeros at the end of your renewal contract and you know and the, 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 if any of the major characters like even Rosita something like Rosita dying yeah. would be uh, a, a fairly noteworthy event let alone something like Daryl or Carol or Ezekiel um, so or Michonne for God forbid um, I, I, I think that that's adding a lot of charge the fact that this show is long in the tooth and gray in the hair uh, is adding a lot more emotional charge because I feel, and I haven't kept up with any of the shit. Like I was Same. shocked that Jesus got stabbed. So it's like any time at any time, I think any of these people can go. On the other hand, there's always a chance that they're going to dumpster him. So sure. um, it's it's you know because it is The Walking Dead. But I, I think that that serves it well. The fact that like at this point, you know, Andrew Lincoln's gone. Um, so many people are gone that like at any point. In anyone could could die and that's exactly the way the walking dead should have always felt mm-hmm. and yeah uh i pff, against all odds i continue to be super invested into this fucking season of the walking dead yeah they gotta be careful with that though like you can kill too many of the wrong characters like too many characters that people like and leave yourself with only characters that people don't like or don't have like strong attachments to and I think, this show does not do great with its ensemble cast. You know, it's right. Granted, it's a big cast. There are a lot mm-hmm. of people that they have to service in the in the story. And that leads to things like, oh, well, your character is going to die this episode. So I guess you get an extra eight minutes of screen time. Like, right. That kind of shit where, where we look at it and go, this is so artificial. This is ridiculous. And, and you know, this is all like a symptom of how big the cast is. And then when I think about the like the F the FNGs, the fucking new guys, like I think this is a symptom of that because why do you bring in five or six new colorful characters if not to replace because you know you're gonna have to replace some? Or I mean I I guess you could yeah. also look at it another way and say like they've lost Carl, you know, in just the last season and like the last season of episodes, they've lost what Carl, they've lost the uh, Rick, um more people than that died in the Jesus. war. Jadis, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we really have five members of Jadis, and then you know there's five or six of those new people, and they're probably you know another two or three main cast characters could die. Uh, I don't know. There's just so many people. Like they introduced not only yeah. the the newcomers to the group, they also introduced some new teens. They've kind of you know put Henry into a place where he, a couple of those characters are going to become more yeah. prominent. It seems like the blacksmith. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I, 
I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard thing to do on ensemble cast. But 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 you're right. Like they do have to be careful who they kill and who they because like you're right. Like if you just kill like Michonne and Daryl and what ass kicker and Eugene. I guess there and, are a few of them. Yeah, Aaron and like, Aaron and and Daryl. Like if you kill those five off, then who the fuck stays around to watch the show? Yeah. But you know you can mix and match a few, like a you know big splashy death. You still got Maggie who's off and she's going to be coming mm-hmm. back. Um. So that, but but it is something they have to be careful. And I think it's not at, at this point. Some of these characters have been doing this for so long that they just want this. They're wanting out, you know, because Especially they got somebody like deny. Like yeah, she's a big movie star now, right? Yeah, like, she's bigger been than in, Andrew Lincoln was she, when he started this. She's made two billion dollars from the mouse since The Walking Dead blew up, and yeah. you know, there's there's going to be more of that in the offing for her. So and they're putting there's her in probably these awful a lot wigs. of yeah, there's a there's a lot of people probably looking for you know uh, uh, uh an easy easy exit because they all got like they're gonna be they're gonna be they make so much fucking money the residuals on this thing. Oh yeah, yeah. You know uh, the, the Netflix syndication, right? Yeah, I'm sure they're and, already and like, making that money. Every time someone says "fuck it" and sp- spends twenty bucks on a season on Amazon, ting ting, you know, it's like it's just going to keep keep rolling in. So it, it'll be interesting to see them turn the cur- the turn to the curve on this yeah. the corner. And it's see already started to happen. The, yeah, like you see, you know, Lauren Cohen uh, left at some point to try and go soft exit yeah. lead another show um i don't know that that show did particularly well but right uh yeah but she's doing uh, it yeah norman they, reedus is riding as we found out with riding. alan joe I, I feel like it's a that's a package deal though like he doesn't get yeah. to do ride without walking hey 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 you want me to show up this fucking georgia bullshit you better finance my motorcycle trip around the world uh-huh <laughs> and all my buddies and all my buddies yeah need michael rooker get his beak wet yep uh don't yeah yeah Jeffrey don't forget about Morgan. don't forget about steven yun y- mm-hmm. is that how you pronounce it uh don't forget yeah, yeah. like everyone's gotta get taken care of sure yep before we get to the episode uh there's been some breaking news jim uh mentioned as we were starting to record the podcast uh what there's some stuff that's came out of comic-con that you know they have a Stay at home staycation Comic Con that went on last weekend. Um, a bunch of information about various movies and video game projects and TV shows came out. The Walking Dead was no no stranger to this treatment. Um, Jim, what what have you found out? What's our intelligence saying? Uh, so, as everybody knows, well, uh, you might not be you might not know this if you're listening to this in the future because this is season nine that we're covering, and this news concerns the end of season ten and. A, a little bit extra. I don't know what to even call these, but the the coronavirus essentially delayed the airing of season 10's finale for months. Um, and this week on Twitter, the Walking Dead official account just came out and said, breaking news, Walking Dead season 10 will include six extra episodes that will air early 2021. And then in parentheses, October's finale will still be the finale. The additional episodes will just be extra quote unquote uh i i actually have no idea what this means i i don't know how you can have six more episodes in a season that are not part of the season but they're just extra it's it's hard to speculate too because we haven't seen all of season 10 so i have no idea like what the state of the game board is at the end so it's my understanding correct me if i'm wrong that 
season 10's finale was delayed because it was shot, but they didn't have any of the post-production done on it. That's what I understand. Right? Yeah. So they needed like music, they needed special effects, they needed uh, you know localization stuff, all that stuff that kind of gets the icing on the cake before it's released. Um, you know, so Gimple mentioned at San Diego Comic Con this last weekend that they're also is setting that they are are conceiving or planning or maybe even shot a a limited season um, mini mini series that's based on a singular Survivor character that is we it, already is know. Is it Morgan? Please tell me it's not Morgan. <laughs> He's got four shows He's already. Um, is there and is there any reason to think that maybe these two things are connected? Because like I know the tweet's not connecting them, but like you've got you know yeah. Scott Gimple, who who what the fuck is he even doing to Walking Dead? I thought he they they barred him from the set, exiled him to the shittier Walking Dead that uh-huh. uh, nobody was watching anyway. Um, why is he still running his mouth about this? I I don't that that's concerning. I mean, it um, could be connected. It could also. I, I just I worry because. AMC is notoriously cheap. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone, sure. uh, especially when it comes to this show. Better, obviously better this season, but the budget still, you know, we saw their water special effects, right? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it just, it makes me wonder, like, are these leftover scraps that they had? Is this cutting room floor shit that they're just whittling together to make something out of it to cover a gap where they can't produce new content for the I show. Can't ima- like if there was a two episode, maybe there's enough on the cutting room floor to justify that, but six full episodes. Um, I thought are these, are these like, it could be a series of apocalyptic zoom calls. Just like they all get stuck <laughs> in different locations. And it's maybe just over walkies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, imagine the post-apocalyptic zoom. It's all over walkies. It's it's relying on teenagers to relay, you know, <laughs> uh, the crosstalk, yeah. the paraphrasing, the telephone gaming going on. That could be pretty funny. Half of the messages are um, just like, nah, nah, I'm not going to send that. So one thing I saw people speculating on, and this I don't know because again I haven't seen it. I haven't seen all of season nine, let alone season ten. But uh, you know, Lauren Cohen took another job that precluded her from having much of a impact on the series. And I'm assuming this way people are talking happens in in season ten too. Um, and I think that show is done now, so she could come back. And there's thoughts that there the singular character series could revolve around Maggie. And her getting back to the group so she can be reintegrated in a nice cinematic way, which I actually that kind of sounds good. Like Maggie is a character long standing in The Walking Dead, high interest level. Um, Her like reconnecting with the main group over a six episode arc seems a little excessive, but not on the order of like a three episode governor arc or like a six episode morgalizing arc or, Mm -hmm. you know, Morgan taking over Fear the Walking Dead for an entire season. Um, yeah, so I that would be interesting, but like they haven't shot that. And part of me is like, is this a little bit whistling past the uh hammer horror graveyard? Because I that the, if they haven't shot this, if this isn't cutting room floor, or if this isn't something they already have in the can ready to be kind of remotely assembled by technicians they are counting on this COVID thing to blow over in yeah. time, like for early 2021. And that's just, you know, 
Um, now this has got to be something they've already got in the can, just sitting there yeah. going, "Oh fuck, we're gonna miss our release window." So I guess just put it out there, and, and that'll be like a stopgap between season ten and season eleven, which I'm sure eleven is gonna be very much delayed because of the virus. So now I could see that like you could actually shoot something like this Maggie miniseries probably in a, a cheap, socially distant way, because like if she's gonna be like you know. She's going to be walking through a woods. You don't need sets. You, mm-hmm. She's going to be having adventures with people. We have no idea who they are. So that you can have no-name actors and a minimal set, minimal cast, minimal crew. Maybe they could film this in the time of COVID and then you know put some special effects on it. Like I could see this being like a low-budget skunk works thing built up around Maggie and Lauren Cohen. Maybe it would work. I, I don't know. But uh, that's... Uh, they, they all, the the thing that's confusing me is they insist that this is part of season ten, right? But like, but, this, but this it's not. Of... But it's not. So, well, what the fuck does that even mean? Right. The, there's a huge the mixed message. Years. Like the literal text <laughs> of what they wrote: season ten will include six uh-huh. extra episodes. That will air in early 2021. October's finale will still be the still be the finale. These episodes will just be extra. So I don't. I don't even know. Like, I would understand that on uh, like a DVD context. Oh, we're just throwing these scraps that we have or these other things that Mm -hmm. we did for fun or whatever onto the DVD. But this seems like it's just part of season 10, but they're going to have like two finales in season 10. And then the end of season 10 is going to be the end of those six episodes and no finale, really. It's just going to kind of wet fart into the into the sunset. I, I don't know. I mean, if it's cutting, here's the thing. If it's cutting room floor, I think the thing to do would be call, create a special edition of season 10 where you actually have longer episodes that you release as special events that have deleted scenes and cut scenes added back to them with all the effects work and music and all that kind of stuff. Kind of like what they did to Lord of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got the theatrical edition, which is, you know, Peter Jackson took all the footage cut down to what he thought is the best tale to tell in a movie theater. And they had the special editions for fans that like, hey, I'll sit down here for four hours to watch the Fellowship of the Ring. I don't give a fuck. Give me more. But imagine if you just released, he released a whole other movie that's just the special edition footage. Yeah, it would be out of context. It wouldn't have any connective tissue. It wouldn't make any sense for someone that hasn't seen it. It wouldn't be very entertaining. It'd be sure. essentially watching the 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 blooper reel on a DVD. So, like, I yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what this is because the other thing is like with AMC's publicity, whatever we think it is, the chance of it being lamer and dumber is always there on the table. Oh yeah, the chance oh, yeah. of us being lighted. I don't know. I actually have have a prediction that I think it will be. Um, These six extra episodes, if you recall, over the last few years, AMC has been doing this really shitty thing where they just sort of throw two-minute episodes out there and call these things about, like, oh, Red Machete or some airplane thing or whatever. Absolutely guaranteed (laughs) that's what this is. Huh. So not even... so, So that, like, okay, Red Machete with Lauren Cohen, though. Like no, but they've been doing this for the last four years or whatever, right? They've literally been releasing. Oh, here's season eight with all of its ten or sixteen episodes. Here's the finale. Here's these six extra bullshit things that nobody cares about. So they're part of that season, but not really. So yeah, yeah, and we're gonna air them into the the first commercial break of Into the Wilds or Into the Badlands or whatever. This is AMC hyping up something that is gonna be just a nothing of of a. Uh, six episodes, in my opinion. 
but we'll see. It, it is weird to build up like this hype in October for a single episode. I think it's war- warranted because I think a lot of people are desperate for fresh television, especially returning television to care about, you know, like I would be beyond excited if we got one episode of the expanse in December, you know, like, Hey, we, we got this shot before it shut down. We're going to fully uh, like, I, I would be like on pins and needles. So I understand the appeal, but the six episodes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The, the only way it seems like it's going to be super interesting if it is that that Maggie story and they they've, they've either got that in the can or they find a way to, to film it um, cheaply and safely. Well, it uh, seems like they're trying to release all the stuff at once. Like October is going to be, uh, you know, a big month, whatever that means for The Walking Dead, because you've got the finale airing. I think on the 4th, on the 11th, you've got Fear the Walking Dead coming back and you've got The World Beyond, which is premiering all in October. Right. So, they're wow, really they're like all the walking dead in October. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, huh. Well, interesting. We'll see how it all pans out in here in a couple of months. We'll see. Here's what's new in premium content for our club members. This week, Jim's away, so the producer will play. That's right, it's time for another fabulous lunch with Talitha and Aaron. Not only do we have an alternate host lineup, we also are doing it on an alternate day. Lunch will be served on Wednesday. All that, plus the usual bullshit for me, served live, or catch the podcast version out later that day. We're about a month out from the kickoff of Badass Fest 6, so get your tickets now while available at baldmove.com slash live. Come watch an outrageously badass mystery film with us. Grab another snack and beverage from the theater's fully stocked bar. Then get back in your seat for a live recording of the accompanying podcast. Get more info and tickets at baldmove.com slash live. If you want more Bald Move in your life, head over to support.baldmove.com to find out how you can get tons of bonus audio and video content, plus ad-free feeds. All right, uh, let's talk about the episode proper. Let's do it. We start off with Daryl, Aaron, and Jesus spying a small herd of walkers in their path to finding Eugene. Um, The walkers are just milling around, which is strange to them, and they decide to go around them. Yeah, um, it was eerie seeing these guys doing like these like uh, interlocked, counterclockwise, spiraling, just just milling around. Yeah. and knowing what I know at the end of the episode, the fact that, like, you know, the true nature of these whispers, I'm wondering why will they ever will some of this odd Walker behavior ever um, like be explainable? Like, why would you put how how do you keep a, a, a group of walkers on this kind of holding pattern uh, and what purpose does it serve? Or is it going to yeah. be kind of like the spiral shit we saw on the walk uh, on Game of Thrones where it's like some kind of cool looking mystery but you know it's more aesthetic than actually satisfying right um but it's it's effective because like you know that like when the shot lingers and you see that lone walker kind of turn its head though to, to regard the group that just left it's it's spooky it fucking works yeah yeah absolutely um and you're not sure you know if this walker is a walker or if this walker is more evolved and it's maybe leading the pack here you know you don't know what it is uh, and it worked aside from not being able to understand Daryl, even with subtitles on, uh, it worked. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be their anti whisper technology. He speaks in like, you know, the Navajo co- code talkers, they got uh-huh. a Daryl code talker. He can just kind of the walker you know, talker. <laughs> yeah. He can kind of boom power from uh king of the king of the hill into the, but who can, yeah, you need, 
Boy, if they had Merle, they'd have something. Mm-hmm. They could just talk end to end on radios and be fully encrypted. <laughs> I feel like Carol. Carol can do it. Carol can understand. Oh yes, Daryl right. Speak. Carol and Daryl protocol. Mm-hmm. You know, he just comes in there. Man, I tell you, the walkers run around in circles and just from milling the ground, man. So just I tell you what, and she's like, I think he's saying, yeah, unbeatable. How, how do you how do you break that encryption? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the walkers obviously are still look great. The show does a good job with its prosthetics, better than its CG certainly. Um, yep, that stuff looked yep. good. Just lean on the latex, boys. Oh yeah. Uh, then Gabriel does some kind of Reiki-based bell uh, religious ceremony with Negan. I I think this is meditation. Yeah, not, guided not meditation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, he tried to help, or he did help Negan through his rough patch. Uh, with all of his visits and Negan has kind of given up on ever getting out and he's just living this life, but he's still trying to get into everyone's heads, um, saying stuff about what he overheard Rosita saying about some other guy. Uh, Gabriel leaves and he's told that Rosita was hurt, uh, as a messenger that he spots the messengers from the hilltop. Yeah. Um, he's such a shitster, man. You can see his eyes light up when he kind of, gets to to Gabriel just a little bit under his skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I think he's referring to the conversation that he, uh, like Rosita was having about the antenna repeater, right? Because didn't we get to see like that from a remove two episodes ago? Maybe. I can't. So I, I, don't, I don't think Rosita is stepping out on Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but he is. He's just a, he's a fucking shitster. Mm-hmm. As soon as it crests over, he breaks it open. And, and we also have an, I guess, a satisfying answer of why the governor went from broken man to kind of like the governor? you know god damn it the negan how he went from broken man to what he is now and that's gabriel is essentially uh you know talked him the, the not the death the life yeah no it makes a lot of sense um yeah you know religious people in general have this sort of savior complex um sure where you know they're taught to see their life's calling as saving other people um, and so it makes a lot of sense that Gabriel would see this sort of his Mount Everest, right? If I can save this awful, awful person, perhaps I can find some kind of redemption because he's got his own shit in his past that he's still dealing with, I think. Like, I, I mean, he's trying to, you know, coach trash girl through this. He's trying to coach Negan through this. It seems to me like he's trying to help, but also sort of prove to himself or redeem himself somehow. You might be in this because even Rosita, last I knew her arc was she was kind of like on a pretty broken trajectory because, yeah. you know, she got her man, broadly speaking, stolen from her um, by Sasha. And then they got she got he got killed and like she was kind of uh, nihilistic for a while. So he does seem to like trying to fix things and, you know, restore the missing pieces of people. Um, yeah, I hate got- it. I hate it because. It yeah. actually makes a certain amount of sense. Uh-huh. And that's not what I want from Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This show what is this show gonna be conventional, boring? Come on. Yeah. Gotta have some insanity. Uh yeah, I guess we'll get to the insanity here in a bit. Um so we go back to Hilltop and everyone is it hurriedly hides behind the gates when Michonne's group shows up. Uh Michonne tells probably very competent bow girl why they're here and they're led inside the gates where Tara fills her in on the situation with her missing party members. And she lets the group stay overnight until Jesus gets back to decide what to do with the new members. 
uh, what the hell is going on at Hilltop's reaction? Like these writers are coming, the writers and everyone like it's like a routine. They all retreat back to the walls. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like when Michonne shows up, I thought they were going to relax a little bit. But if anything, the tension increased. Like yeah. I really I really hope they come up with something that lives up to this build up and this hype because I just can't understand it. It's it's very bizarre to me that they'd be having this reaction. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of they hint at it later. Um, I, I guess it's in like the next scene or something when she's talking with Carol. Um, yeah, you know, uh, they they sort of hint around the edges of, of what might be the real core of the issue here, which I mean, it doesn't take a scientist, a rocket scientist to figure out that this is all due to Rick and his disappearance, right? Like. She's still dealing with the residual effects of that. I think it's that, but there's also this there's this X-shaped scar and something about these, like mm. you know, maybe being menaced by some kind of roving band of whatever. Um, but that doesn't make sense because there's certainly can't be a threat on the scale of the saviors. Yeah. So or even what, the herds. Yeah, yeah. So like, what? It's got to be something that's like on that scale, but different. And they're harvesting kidney. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. But like, yeah. the fact that they would um, take away from that that we need to isolate rather than get together and be stronger. Um, yeah. I don't understand because it's almost at this point, you know, uh, if hilltops having or if, if kingdoms having trouble like re- 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 achieving stability, shut it down. Shut it down. Build a village outside of the the hilltop. Like go back to like the feudal days, you know, where you had a strong keep, and the peasants and and the civil the community kind of like gathered around that. And when like you know the tough times, everyone would retreat retreat to that for safety. But like I don't understand why they keep trying to make it at places that are falling apart, literally falling apart. There's places like Hilltop and Alexander that are thriving, and they should just continue to expand their walls. Continue to expand lodging and play and stuff for people, and mm-hmm. you know, stop trying to make these these loser communities work. You know, uh, if if the shelter's no good, f- f- go go to where 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 it's working. Um, yeah. You know, expand your. So I, I don't know, I, but I, that stuff is all interesting, and it's like that's I guess it's frustrating is that stuff got yada yada over, right? You know, the nation building that they were trying to do, and and why it got fragmented. So I'm really looking forward to getting the complete answer to that, and 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 getting more of that. Uh, I, I'm with prison tats here. Like I don't want to get involved in any community where the leader is named Jesus. Like I, I have a reflexive like this. I really identified with. Uh, it, I think it's later when prison tats is talking about. Yeah, the, this might be a cult kind of thing. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking when. <laughs> They were yeah, Jesus, about Jesus, Jesus shit's all, all occult, you know. Um, yeah. Have we actually talked about the Michonne and Carol conversation yet? No, let's do it now. Um, okay. Sadiq and Michonne briefly reunite with Carol. Sadiq takes the newcomers to find out where they're staying. While Michonne and Carol catch up, Carol tries but fails to convince Michonne to commit Alexandria to the upcoming Renaissance Fair. I assume. And we didn't get it. We get we didn't get the mid season Ren Fair. I'm Man. still holding out for the end of season Ren Fair though. This is this is the right move. This yeah. I the fact that I'm annoyed that they didn't show me this fair tells me that this is the right move. <laughs> yeah, they got you got got the or the hook is the hook I is know, sank. I have not been yeah. excited for anything about Walking Dead <laughs> in eight years. 
This uh-huh. is the first time. I want to see uh-huh. this fucking fair because I know it's going to be ridiculous. Well, especially since, like, how is this fair tied to the continued success of the kingdom? Because it seems yeah. like it is. Like, Ezekiel sent this letter that's like, hey, we got, we're beset by problems on all sides. The only solution is to hold a renaissance fair. Now this, Please this- send your delegation of lord and ladies forthwith through the king. Like, what? What? I mean, this—that's a very—that's very Ezekiel thing to do. Like, you know what? We're having our pipes are bursting, and the water doesn't work anymore, and our crops are failing. But hey, we got a super bus, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have some jousting and some turkey legs. Fucking come on down! Like, it really <laughs> does totally feel do like that. a medieval, like morale booster. Like, oh, the peasants right. are getting restless. Let's bread and circuses, them. baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the thing. And the thing is, is they keep ticking off things that can't be because like the characters like, you know, Carol Michonne, uh, who have been together since mid season two are talking about like, you know, hey, I I could turn you. But we got our troubles, too. And it's like, you know, we both lost stuff. We both lost children. We both still kept going. We're still we're we're a family. We're still a family. Um, But the one thing I guess she says is, but, you know, Alexander's Alexander, Hilltop's Hilltop, Kingdom's Kingdom. And in between, there's a whole lot of broken world. And I guess that means that Rick ultimately was right. That bridge was a linchpin because once they started, like once easy trade between this, like going into the wilds was, was seen as too dangerous. Um, But yet, God, there's so many obvious advantages to trade. It looks like Hilltop's the only thing that can actually fabricate metal Mm -hmm. that like Alexander, I think has the best farms perhaps. I don't know what the kingdom's making, but like, it does seem like, trade would be very important and beneficial between the the community. So like what the fuck stopped all that? And it can't be yeah. herds. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Um I I think every season of The Walking Dead should end with a fair from here on out. I think every <laughs> yeah. if look, if you got a show that's going beyond 10 seasons, you got to just end it with a fair because you're going to need the morale boost for the audience. Yeah, you got the you know, Downton Abbey had the Christmas episodes. The Walking Hell Dead yeah. got to have their fairs. Yeah. Shit, yes, absolutely. <laughs> do, do you think they'll win this year? This year's uh, best fair Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hotly contested. Yeah, uh, sure. You is. know, uh, you like look at the fair they threw in. Uh, you know, uh, fucking Watchmen. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, that no, that was, they had a, they did have a fair in Watchmen, the Hoboken deal. Sure. Or yeah, the psychic fair. psychic squid killed it. I mean, you can't. It's hard to top that fair. So you know, it's it's stiff competition. We'll see what they did, especially since it was two years ago that it aired. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go back in time, invent a, a, a fair DeLorean for it. All right. Next up, they they walk around the herd, and Aaron and Jesus are talking about what a good tracker Daryl is and how he's fighting his. Uh, true calling just like jesus is by neglecting mm-hmm. hilltop daryl daryl hears the herd coming uh and he realizes they're coming for them he hears them on the wind I, I they're making him into this like ultimate tracker and i know he's been that for a while but like hearing the dead on the wind is the a zombies my friend are blowing on the wind <laughs> they're yeah. moaning and they're groaning on the wind yeah, no, it's it is. I I rolled my eyes a little bit, but you know what? It's fucking cool that sonic grenade. Uh, yeah. like that's like that's a that's that's the kind of nitty gritty low tech solutions to zombies that I just live for. And him winding that thing up and throwing it, like I I thought that was that was really cool. They did they, they did lay it on a little thick because 
I don't know. It seems to me like he just has to follow the dog. The do- the dog is doing the heavy lifting here. Maybe that's what it, the, the the secret is. Like he's just following the dog, and, and you know, you're just like making up all this shit about. Oh yeah, zombies on the wind. Sure, yeah. <laughs> right. And I, I think it's the Daryl speak is half dog speak, so like they can yeah. just chat with each other. <laughs> well, I mean, he's more of a wildcat, but you know, maybe the dog's bilingual. Yeah. That's the thing. I would think if you would detect walkers in any way, it'd be with your nose. Like a large mm. herd of walkers probably smells pretty bad from yeah. Far if the wi- if if the sound is carrying on the wind, yeah. the stench for sure. The rotting meat is definitely coming on the wind. Uh, then shitty bow girl decides to go back to the kingdom with Carol. I she's she's not shitty bow girl. I don't know who she is. Substantial bow girl. I think is what we sure what we've decided on. Uh, Henry spends his first paycheck on nails and screws for Carol to take back to the kingdom, <laughs> and she says a teary goodbye. Want to make you proud? You're have You know what? Damn the show again. It's my dad in me. Like this gets this gets me all gets me all choked up. Uh, I actually yeah. uh, I don't know why because Henry's fucking annoying and he's he's always been a shit on this show. But let's it's the uh, parent stuff always gets me going. Um, it's weird though with so much animosity between the kingdom that like substantial bow girl can just go and say, you know what, kingdom needs me more. I'm heading off and like it's a non issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like, in, in fact, Tara is the one because like I felt like Tara was also pretty cool towards Michonne, but she's saying, "Yeah, go go support the kingdom." I don't know. Maybe this is like a subtle dig at Alexandria too. Uh, maybe everyone decide thinks that uh, Michonne is the one that's that's carrying this grudge more. And that's I think so. That my, tracks with what the council. But it feels was... to me, it, it, it maybe Maggie too, but Maggie's gone now, yeah. so. Uh, but it seems like yeah, Maggie and Michonne are the ones that are really holding this grudge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah. Grudging. Uh, so the size of the herd is doubled. Daryl's noise grenade goes off, leading the walkers in the other direction. Just a quick. And they're scene. like, "Hey, who cares? I mean, zombies. As long as they're going the other way, we don't have to worry about it." Yeah. Why well, zombies aren't your average ordinary zombie herds, Jim? True, they have no idea what they're dealing with. Mm-mm. Uh, and then Henry starts his blacksmith training, and Enid comes over and disappoints him by making out with the young hipster blacksmith whose name Boston I can't Rob. Okay, Boston Rob. He's like I, I, I. Of course, the, the, here's the other thing. Enid's like 22 years old now, right? And Henry's like 15. Uh huh. Yeah, it is. We got an Anakin these, Padme these situation going years. on. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's like you 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 hook up where you can hook up. <laughs> That'd be a real what? bummer for Enid, I think, to like be romanced by a 15 year old blacksmith i don't know i don't know seems like maybe boston rob's looking pretty good because he can smith us with the best of him at this point i did notice that like significantly older than her right boston rob he's got to be mid-30s at the youngest maybe you're right i always thought boston rob was young but yeah he you know even if he was in his young mid-20s he's still but yeah i don't know apocalypse age gap you might be onto something yeah uh because real the thing I notice is they're blacksmithing and they're not wearing hearing protection. These people are all going to be deaf by the time they're 40. Uh-huh. Like I, oh man, I'm not always good with my hearing protection, but the one, if I'm banging metal on metal, that shit just seems like it's worse than jet engines for, for, for killing, killing your ears. It just, it made my ears cringe watching it happen. You think this um, is them really blacksmithing on the show or is this like an effect? 
What do you mean? It did look like they were ha- hammering some. I, I guess I didn't look for the seams, but it looked like they were hammering yeah. and glowing metal and shit. I don't know how sound the blacksmithing was, but like, yeah, it looked like they were really doing it. Mm-hmm. I guess I, that is pretty that dangerous, cool. though, to have a star to have uh, the stars of your show working with thousand degree pieces of metal. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> and but, banging on without wearing hearing protection. <laughs> I don't know. It worked. I thought it was cool. Uh, and then Negan continues to try to get under Gabriel's skin. Gabriel gets fed up with it and reveals the situation he's in with Rosita. <laughs> Things have been in my ass are now in your nose. <laughs> I, like, so fucking I've understood Negan, this man. He's for, such a child. For a long time, I've understood this to be true. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, Here's, anything you smell, it's the nature of smelling something. It's a physical particle entering your, mm-hmm. your nasal passage. Yeah. It horrifies it's, me, but it's, it's how it goes. <laughs> It is. It is. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, what do you, What do you think about Negan? Is he? I don't know what to think about Negan because I thought that this kind of affected him. The like, oh god, I was a little too yeah. hard on Gabe. But then, did Gabriel just forget to lock him in too? I, so this is maybe the the lingering. Uh, point of the episode that i have a problem with yeah because they had an opportunity here to make it negan's own cunning negan's intentional you know disruption of gabriel's mental state that that caused him to be lax enough to leave this gate open yeah there was no intentionality to show us did here showing show us hearing him at the window like hearing that like oh god rosita's hurt and like the and and everyone's got the day and you have to stay here and uh, although I don't understand, like, I'd like to hear that conversation anyway, because like the thing seems like that anyone could stay and watch the governor, but maybe the man who is shacked up with the woman who's hurt should have priority for going to the to to the place to 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 be with her. You know, sure, like yeah. of all the people they chose to stay behind Alexander, they chose him. Yeah, um, that's weird. I, I I think you're right. They could have done some more of making it seem like the that Negan was fucking with Gabriel because he knew there was a weakness there and he could exploit it. Yeah. Instead of being like Gabriel spacing it, getting so mad about smelling his shit and scratching and never finding a real human being that he just forgets to lock him in. And, and then Negan accidentally discovers that that's true instead of like that being it the almost, point of these conversations. It but- almost felt like there's a missing scene that connected the two. Yeah, but even if there was, that last scene doesn't work where yeah. he discovers, you know, that the door's been left open. I, I I don't know. If they're trying to do something here with Negan that says, like, he's, you know, a man who's just resigned to his fate, they're going about it all wrong because he's trying to get under everyone's skin, which to me says he's looking for weaknesses, he's probing around the edges for some kind of plan he's got, but then the plan such- turns out to not be yeah. a plan. Yeah, well, and I, I want to wait till I get to the scene to talk about it. But like, yeah, the the scene where it's revealed that he's free, yeah, was kind of strange too. Yep. Okay, let's move on to Henry not able to eat because he's depressed about Enid, but he's befriended by a group of teens who are worried about him. They invite him to hang out with them in the woods when night falls, and he agrees. I said I call them these guys the freaks and geeks because that's kind of you know it feels like they're the outcast teenagers, or maybe this is all the teenagers. Yeah. They're just bored teenagers. This is jerk ass teenagers. Not they they stand a little bit in contrast with Henry. Like, yeah, Henry's the, the teenager who's been entrusted with a fair bit of responsibility and is currently getting more. 
Mm-hmm. They're just sitting up on the wall. Like they're just a a pair of eyes, you know. Yeah, what do they yeah, what do they do to earn their keep? Is that what they are? Literally work at so. lookouts? Cuz uh, there's precedent for that cuz isn't that what the Rick was using Alexander's people for? Like Yeah. one of the like a 13-year-old girl was one of the relay people, you know? Like but that's, that's tough, man. As a teenager, if if your job is to just sit there bored, Ninety nine point nine percent of the they're time they're gonna fuck off. They're gonna fuck around. You got to You got to give teenagers something to do, something to make sure. them feel like they're they've got some worth, right? Yeah, I that, that that's what my question is. Is like this seems like an obvious weakness of Hilltop, May, and maybe I wonder if it's a reaction to whatever happened. That like, mm-hmm. oh Jesus, we have to like really take care of our precious angels because if something happens to them, and um you know it, it seems like it's it's kind of ruining them or it's yeah. it's not not helping them feel fulfilled or connected to the community or right even their own humanity um which is this is another i i like this too because this is something else the walking dead has always kind of touched on the idea that like what if these experiences make carl a psychopath what if growing up in this world just like fundamentally changes you um and you see some signs of at least some of these teenagers that they're like you know I don't know where on the pulling legs off of spiders versus setting a cat on fire spectrum that using a a former human's body as target practice and like a urinal. But like, it seems like it's kind of some savior shit more than Hilltop Alexandria shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely some bored teenager, a bored, unsupervised teenager shit. (laughs) Yeah. At the very least. Um, yeah. Like, you know, you get up to some dumb shit when you're a teenager. Or yeah, you like, but I feel like broken broken windows, property damage is like one kind. But like, yeah, I, I you know, it's like that's like one of the defining things of like a psychopath is like, did they torture animals as a child? And again, I don't know where zombies stand on that. But right. like, it's a little uncomfortably close to me. But then I didn't grow up in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely distorted their views on things for sure. I did. I guess I did come out last episode saying that we should like lash a bunch of zombies to and and use them for free labor. Yeah. So you can't really think they're too. I don't think they're human. It's it's more. It's like it's it's just like they're like to the extent that we respect animals' rights. I don't think it has anything to do with the animals. You know, it's more to like what it says about us because. You know, whether we treat cows humanely or not, it's not like 300 years from now, there's going to be a tell all from the cow's perspective of of the human's tyranny. Right. Like we're doing this about right. it, it's more about what it says about us as people and and our humanity and, and what we extend to other creatures than it is like, you know, cows aren't human. So, yeah, it is. It, it's an interesting. I, I wonder if they'll lean into it or if they'll just have the simplistic. Well, you know using zombies in any way other than just giving them peace is a decidedly evil thing. Like using them for manpower, using them for scarecrows, using them for anything, but just, you know, the fact that they're a former corpse of a person that needs to be shown respect is, is a bad thing. Yeah. It does uh, which seem is, like they drew a line there between the, the, yeah, our survivors and the sanctuary people. And they um, keep doing it. Yeah. It's been a big yeah. theme this season. You know, like that's one of the earliest scenes is uh, Daryl being pissed off that they're using them for, uh, scarecrows, which seem like, eh, well, that seems like a reasonable use for them, but mm-hmm. and it's not. And this is also like, cause I thought it's like, well, maybe it's just because it's inherently too dangerous, but no, it does seem like this is more of like, nah, it's just not the right thing to do. Yeah. All right. Sadiq and Michonne sit over Rosita's bed. Uh, Sadiq tries to convince Michonne to reconsider her isolationist stance, but it doesn't work. Of course, cause like, literally everyone in this show has tried to convince her of that now. Mm-hmm. It never works. Uh, Rosita wakes up 
and wants to go out for Eugene because she's freaked out about what kind of danger the search party might be in. They don't know what they're dealing with. And no, I, you don't know what's out there. She's channeling mm-hmm. Rick Grimes. Um, it is these conversations I'm showing are very stilted because and I don't know, maybe that's realistic because they're talking about a thing and it seems like there should be more detail. Like, you know, like, uh, hey, come on, Michonne, haven't you considered a thing relevant to the discussion? But it's all just, you know, have you talked to, have you thought any more about this thing we've all talked about a bunch of times? No, no, I haven't. And they also reveal that Michonne is aware that like a lot of people think her decisions unpopular. Yeah. Like, like if you took a poll in Alexandria, maybe. But that that leads to even more questions like who the fuck runs who who runs Alexandria? Is it the city council or is it Michonne? The security chief. Like, is there a shadow dictatorship going on there? It's, it's yeah, it seems I think like it's pretty there, interesting. There is like so, you know some of the members, uh, aka Michonne, have more sway over the council than the rest of them. And you'll always have that. You always have the elder statesmen and women. You know, like even if you set things up, like you know, uh, I just watched Hamilton. George Washington had an enormous amount outsides influence in the early founding of the country, just because he was so well respected from from his role and leadership that he showed during the Revolutionary War. And Michonne certainly has that, but, you know, also, if you've seen Hamilton, part of that is George Washington stepped down because he knew that was what was right for the country to stand on its own feet. And that's something that Rick had a problem with. And I wonder if what they're telling us is that Michonne is having that same problem. They're like, you know, like, oh, God, what if I step away and there's a power vacuum and something bad fills it? I wonder if uh, her putting her thumb on the scale and we've seen her do that with the new guys and all that stuff. I wonder if if that's something they're they're trying to make explicit. Yeah. Next up, uh, Daryl's group finds Eugene in a shack and he insists the herd is not normal and that they have to get out of there before they can leave. The herd closes in, of course, and they're forced to take another route home. I just I don't understand in the scene. Eugene spends a good 45 seconds to two minutes talking about how we we can't pop my knee back in place because mm-hmm. that's going to take too long. But here's the deal. Here's here's everything I know about the walkers. They're not normal. We got to get out of here. Oh, and they got a bunch of questions about how he survived. And like, th- there's just a lot of talking here when Daryl should just be over there reaching for his knee, popping it back in place. <laughs> and 10 minutes later, he'll probably be walking around on it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if Eugene's got the structural integrity of because uh, isn't a knee dislocation like can you just really pop it back in and start walking like a shoulder? Um, From what I understand, yeah, like most of it is, yeah, the fact that it's damn. out of place is what's causing all the pain and the inflammation and all that. And once you get it back, in, yeah. I don't know if it's ten minutes; it might be like a day. Especially or if he's been sitting there for a day, you know, it's yeah. gotten swollen and tight. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, but, but certainly, this- they could pop it back in, right? They've got the time. Yeah. They're talking Does about Daryl it. Does Daryl know how? Because that's the thing is like, I didn't even know you could dislocate a knee. Like I thought if like your knee got fucked up, it's structurally busted. Like you torn a <laughs> ligament or whatever. Yeah. I knew that about shoulders. But honestly, if I, I don't know how to pop a shoulder back in place. I wonder if Daryl just doesn't know, you know, like I didn't, they, hips and all kinds of joints. Like, holy fuck. That would hurt. I, I hear was a hip, say, hip dislocation is brutally painful, but yeah, it, it is one of those be. things where you just you pop it back in and it's like, Oh, the major relief, the relief. Yeah. Like yeah. pulling a bad tooth. Huh? But this is this, this establishing shot of this scene of them creeping across the misty moors of Georgia, uh-huh. um, is just really fucking atmospheric and effective. It's one of, um, it's been a while since walking dead impressed me with just like a, a shot. 
And yeah. I don't know how they got this shot. Um, well, I feel like it it's could, the drone work they've been doing. Like all of this drone work, could be, I, I can't yeah. recall seeing a nice wide shot of anything uh-huh. in the last uh-huh. six seasons of The Walking Dead. Yeah, but here yeah. they've done like a whole bunch of them, right? There's shots, yeah, overhead shots of the kingdom. Yeah, you're right. Overhead shots you're of the right. hilltop. Yeah, thank God they invented drones. You know, six axis stable drones because God knows AMC wasn't going to pay for a boom truck to go out Hell and see no. some field now. You know, like shit that cost. That costs money, man. How far off a highway is it? Nah, fuck that. Right. But you got this shot and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, like this is where like the dread started to creep in. And and a lot of it is because uh, of what they're doing in the atmospherics. And they just yeah. nailed the aesthetic of this. And that old kind of like hammer horror, you know, werewolves creeping across the moor is, mm-hmm. is just ah so good. So good. Yeah. Shout out to the cinematography this season. I think it's been better certainly and i also like the fact that like uh you know daryl does you know eugene says it is i know how this sounds but the zombies are whispering each other and like you know some of the early seasons there was like a little frustration of people just like being in willful disbelief of zombies and whatnot and i like the fact that like they're skeptical but also like eugene's a respected member of their group and rosita would vouch for him and Mm -hmm. Holy shit, maybe there is something to this. Like I, I I appreciated the fact that like there wasn't any like intentionally stupidity uh that this show sometimes traffics in. Uh it felt, you know, yeah. re- really nice. And later on, you know, when it, it, he makes I hate to say this about Eugene, but he makes some really uh pertinent points about like are you really gonna say that the walkers can't evolve yeah. when the walkers are Whatever he says, preambulating into tra- I don't know whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he uses, uses fifty the, words the, worth. Humans have come back from the dead. There are yes. no limits. Yes, and the brain kills them. The brain's active. What do we know about uh-huh. the brain? It can acquire information. Like it's a scientifically sound theory for having like a two days of coming up with it in a barn basement. You know. Uh, yeah, I thought. <laughs> right. I thought it was. I, I was. I was into it. Yeah. Uh, so then we go over to Henry and the teens partying in a shack in the woods and they show Henry their walker in a hole. Uh, Addie isn't impressed and she walks away and then Henry gets roped into dealing with the walker because, uh, I don't know, he's got morals or something. And the other yeah, kids when the leave one, him in the hole the, with it. When the one went... or were, So were these like suction cup arrows that they'd stuck into the zombie? I thought they were darts. Darts. Yeah. Because, hmm. yeah, they were stuck in out of skull and I'm like, how the fuck did this not kill the zombie? Um, and Henry's kind of skeptical about all this shit and then they start pissing on it and then he's like, nah, that's, that's, this is fucking gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like his, you know, he's very paladin, but he's right. Like, you know, he's like, what the fuck, man? He's like, Hey, if I had to explain to you, you know, there's no answer that would satisfy you. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm Henry is going to have a hard life as a person who's this, you know, righteous about things. But on the other hand, He's not wrong. And, you know, standing up to these kids uh, against his peer pressures says a lot about his character. You think he's going to go tattle on him? Well, that's the other thing. Like, that's I think he's like really, you know, walking that like really paladin edge is like, hey, I'm not a fucking snitch. Yeah, I I stood up for what I thought was right. And I put a stop to what I thought was wrong. And I'm I'm taking it on. I'm taking my punishment on the chin. But I'm like, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to snitch on anybody. Um, Yeah, I just don't know. It feels to me like the move for Henry here is to try and get his new friends involved in the community more. Yeah. Um, Hey, instead of going and ratting them out, uh, just go and say, Hey, these kids are idle. Um, 
they really don't know how to deal with that. We need to give them some responsibility. Yeah, you know what's you know how cool like drinking until you throw up and pissing on zombies is and puking hey, on shoes. Tear yeah, shoes. Uh, <laughs> what what's really cool is rebuilding a society from scratch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, mean, I know you're, you give them you, the right job, they could certainly start to feel invested in the community, right? But you you also wonder like how much of this reactionary shit is from like you know the fact you know well we've all lost kids right that was something that they said about like the new crackdown i wonder if you know these teenagers just grew up they're like you know five years old when the apocalypse broke out they were eight nine ten years old when they came to hilltop and then you know they can't go outside they can't do anything Mm -hmm. um and they're rebelling yeah yeah absolutely uh so then the the daryl group stops for a eugene rest and Eugene suggests that the walkers might be evolving. Uh, he wants the group to leave him behind because that's apparently what everyone wants in the apocalypse. Uh, but Jesus refuses and Daryl decides he's, he's going to lead them off. Um, there, there's like this thing where Jesus says, Oh, I'll lead them off. You guys go get back to the horses. Uh, but I don't know. Apparently drama is easily generated by splitting the party. That's what you do in one of these things. Well, I think he's, I, he's I think got this an is okay point with like strength does them no good here. It's about tactics and strategy, but like I, I and I think that Daryl's broadly right that like you've got uh, everyone stays together with a person slowing them down, or someone makes and like understanding of the zombie tactics thus far, like someone stays behind, attracts attracts attention, leads them off, and Daryl, you know, like he's he's. This isn't this isn't some you know B team assistant yeah. to the blacksmith of Hilltop, right? This is Daryl fucking Dixon, mm-hmm. and I like his bravado at the end. He's like, "Go hell, I'll probably beat you back," because uh, he has like, slow ass Eugene. Yeah, it's like me, me and dog versus the world. Yeah, yeah. I I thought it was I, I splitting the party usually is something that's like eye rolling, but this seemed to be the call. This seemed to be the play to make, although. When they had the, you know, lifts Eugene's ham ass uh, Boston butt roast over the fence. I bet they wish they had that third pair of hands to do some boosting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'd be like, you know, you and Cecily trying to boost me over a fence or something. You need you need you need the third pair of hands, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, also, uh, you know, Daryl's going to be, you know, he's, he's great, but he's going to be the least missed of any of these people. Right. Like. He's been out in the wilderness by himself. If something happens to yeah. him leading the herd away, that's also no yeah. One's really like going to miss him. You're going to send Jesus, president of the hilltop, to to, to potentially die. Like yeah. Daryl sees that stupid too. Like it, it makes sense on a lot of levels. Yeah. Uh, okay, Negan. Negan's bouncing his ball uh, against the wall, but it bounces through the bars, which causes him to notice that Gabriel left his gate open, and he escapes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we kind of talked about this. How I wish this had been a, I wish this had been a forced error on Gabriel's uh-huh. part as opposed to just an accident. Yeah, um, and I don't know what the hell they're going with because the you know the Negan's looking menacing, but like, what is he going to do? Is is I kind of thought like, as you know, we've been talking about how there's going to be a shot at some point of Negan getting that baseball bat underneath that tree. And we even joked about it being on a dark stormy night with thunder in the background. And I'm like, those mm-hmm. sons of bitches, they're going to do it. 
that's how the midseason's going to end. He's going to have a leather jacket. He's going to pull Lucille out of the mud, and there's going to be he's thunder be crashing behind him because the storm's rolling. Like Doctor yeah. Frankenstein, lightning yeah. striking behind him. Yeah, yeah. The storm and the storm's brewing behind, and I, I thought, man, that's. But it's then they alive. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> he just holds it up like Thor's hammer, and it, uh-huh. the, the lightning strikes and charges it. Um, but shit, we just see him kind of smile as Negan smile, and the menacing music starts up. But mm-hmm. now, also, is it your impression that Alexandria is abandoned? Because I took it that like you, you Gabriel is the last of like the city council. Yeah, you know, yeah. like there's rank and file citizens, children, and all that kind of stuff still behind. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know that Negan t- can take everybody. Like Certainly. what's he got? Like he's got he's got a tennis ball. And that's it. Like the armor is still locked up. Um, he's uh, been in I a cage he's for years. Sneak out, right? Like he's not oh yeah, go for Lucille. He's just gonna sneak out and maybe go over to where sanctuary used to be. Mm. I think he makes a beeline for the tree, but I don't know because they've also hinted that he's had a little bit of personal growth. You know, the fact that he can see Tiny. like what he's seen from Alexander has to be that his broad thesis was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to brutalize people to keep him in line. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with that. It's just kind of lame that this was his escape. In fact, like it's lame on multiple, like the, the, the Gabe got so pissed off and worried about Rosita. That he forgot to lock a door. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the, also and then the guy who took Negan's handcuffs off? Didn't realize that he forgot to lock the door. Didn't check. Yeah. It. The security yeah. guard did not do his right. job. And the fact that you design a prison with just one door, uh-huh. like, you know, uh, like you make it past that one cell door and that's it. You know, yeah. like it seems like you'd, you'd also lock the main door to make it a little bit harder to put some. So I don't know, but whatever. He's out. He's out. We'll see what they do with it. Yep. Uh, all right. Tara brings the blacksmith to see Henry, who's in jail for throwing up on her boots. At least I think that's why uh, Henry won't talk to him until he threatens to send him back to the kingdom. And then Henry... Uh, so he doesn't spill his guts, but he says he knows that he fucked up because it's, uh, you know, his responsibilities are overwhelming him. He's yeah. He saw his mom cry. I mean, he's lying, right? Like is this he? is still like, huh. well, I mean, he's, he's, he's owning up to the fact that he fucked up, Yeah, yeah. but he can't say that. Like, I don't know. Like what's the real story here that he, he I, I guess, yes, he does miss his family. He's disappointed that Enid doesn't have the hots for him. He had a difficult first bonding experience with the young people at this place. Um, but I don't think seeing his mom cry and he needed to get drunk to block it out. I don't think that's no. the reason he's throwing up on Tara's shoes and being drunk and disorderly. So for sure. Uh, but then but, the blacksmith says he'll talk to Jesus about a reduced sentence. And I do like the idea that they have like some kind of formal codified they justice, do. like drunk and disorderly is two days in the clink. Seems pretty reasonable to me. You know, sober up. Uh, learn from your mistake and then be be released. Uh, I would love to see what other laws are on the books and how they differ between the communities. Mm. Alright, then Daryl tries to lure the walkers off their path with the dog and firecrackers, but the walkers are too smart for that. And they continue right on. Yeah, it's wild. Like it was very I, again. They, I think they nailed this. Like watching the herd steer perfectly around the trap was just unsettling and mm. He's fucking with with Daryl too. He's like, the what the hell? Because no one's ever seen this before. Yeah. Um. And you know, Walking Dead sometimes stages these shots f- poorly. I thought like the vantage point they had, 
like Daryl's trap, all that stuff was 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 well conceived. And, you know, we got this nice wide shot of everything happening. It was very clear. And thank you to whoever shot this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, final season or final scene, rather. Jesus, Aaron, Eugene all enter a walled graveyard to escape the dead, which I think is hilariously ironic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's yeah, it just takes you know why they put a fence around those places because people are dying to get in, Jim. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, and this is where the hammer shit just kicks into high gear. Oh yeah, like all this stuff with the headstones, the wall, the wrought iron, the the mist, the moonlight, the thunderstorm. It's just it's just firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're following in by the dead. And they get stuck when they can't heft Eugene's bulk over the wall. Uh, Aaron and Jesus prepare to fight the herd, and they kill a few and are confused when the walkers back off. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then Michonne, Prison Tats, and Headband Bow Girl, I don't know what to call her, magically appear and help them open the gate. Jesus decides to fight some walkers for no real reason. And in the process, he gets stabbed and killed by one who's acting suspiciously human. And everyone else shows up, literally Everyone else from all of the community shows up all at the same time. They demask one of the walkers to reveal a human who was living as recently as a few minutes ago, but is now dead again. <laughs> yeah, not not a zombie at present. Um, yeah. Are we sure Rosita's not in this group? Because that's the answer. Like, I'm if Rosita, sure she's not. Because like, and also Rosita could tell them exactly where she left Eugene, so they follow that, and then like, I'm once you get there. The following the herd that the track that you know, imagine like what it would look like to follow like 400 people walking through a field. It'd be trivial. Like you don't have to be the world's best tracker to track that kind of shit. Right. So I yeah. think I think like you said, they did enough on like if, if Rosita came with them, then there's no question in my mind that like, yes. Yeah. And they had everyone by circumstance already at the hilltop. So everyone rolling out at once would just, you know, would would work. Um, now, but, from, uh, from what I Remember, it's Michonne, Prison Tats. Well, it was just Magna, Michonne. Magna, yeah. Michonne yeah, didn't Michonne's know the first anybody one. else was coming. It was just her. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Prison Tats and uh, Headband Bow Girl show up. Yeah, yeah. As as like... Yeah, you're right. Uh, timing on that is weird. Earning their keep? What? What do you mean earning your keep? You've already... I, I don't know. I don't know. You were already in a pretty sense. good position. Now you're going to go out and risk your lives. Magna's going to go out and risk her life. I think it's on brand for her because she wants she like they've established that she wants to control her own fate, like sitting back and letting people decide things for her is like an anathema to her. So but her it was coming never out in a way that was like, oh, I'm going to prove to these people that we're worth sti- we're worth she, keeping around. It was more she did like show up the Michonne like that late at night to give her personally surrender yet another knife that she had. Well, so, like, she I, showed up to murder, think, I think you think so. Changed her oh, and then change her mind because the kids when she saw a baby. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. You could be right. I, uh, you know, don't make me defend the fucking new guys too much because I'm still kind of like juries out on them. But uh, I will tell you what I, I thought the Aaron and Jesus stuff would be kind of like eye rolly, but I, I kind of got into the kung fu synchronized. Like these guys have yeah. been working together and like working on a routine and just like they're efficiently mowing these guys down silently, no guns. Um, it's just like really fun to watch him kick ass. And yeah, that, that brings me to the question of is Jesus dead? Before we get there, I just wanted to comment a little bit more about the coolness of the okay. scene. Cause it is cool. Like, yes, yes. I, I really liked 
Aaron using his arm effectively, uh, mm-hmm. using it as a bite shield, essentially. Like, stick that yeah. in the walker's mouth, let them bite onto it, and then... He's Will Smith from iRobotting them. them, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that heel kick that Jesus does to the walker's head, like, when it's on the tombstone, it just splatters yeah. it. Curb stomps it. It's yeah. beautiful. I love that gory, terrible shit. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then his, his leap into the air, you know, that chest kick to knife slash uh, spinning... I don't even know what to call it, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, he Beybladed. He Beybladed him a couple times. Okay. I think Jesus is dead. Like, he, they swizzled his guts in a way that... Whoa, what? Yeah, that sword guy went in... I thought, he stuck, it, he stuck like a foot-long blade in his side. And kind of up... I don't know. There's a lot of yeah. organs in there, and you don't have the greatest med tech in the apocalypse. Yeah. But Sadiq's pretty good, and Hilltop's well equipped. Um, I, I don't know. It's but not the wound. Carry him back. I, how, oh, you no, can't I get it. This thing, like, there's no way to yeah, stop yeah, this bleeding. Right? Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. But on the other hand, you know, it seemed like Michonne and crew were able to get here pretty fast. I don't think they're that far away. And you know, it's like, look, here's the thing. If you wanted him dead, you just stab him right through the heart. You stab him in the head. You cut his throat. You know, you do something that like shows definitively that this is a lethal wound. You stab someone in the middle of the midsection. I start think getting squirrely, you know, uh, Kevin Garvey vibes from the leftovers. Like someone's done some research and shown that like, if you stick it right between the ribs and abdomen and you get it right underneath the lungs and heart, but Mm -hmm. above the guts that there's, you know, that's a survivable thing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. But on the other hand, Aaron's right over him and would be the one to make the call that he's dead or not. And he says he's he's doing nothing. Yeah, he he's not like leaping in there to try and stop the bleeding. He's not. It, right. Everyone's just kind of like, "Well, Jesus is dead. Let's have this conversation now and peel off these masks." Like the first thing you do isn't run up to a walker and That's peel off true. the mask. If yeah, you think you're your like, buddy we gotta, is laying there, dying. we got to get him home. We got to get him out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in my mind, he is dead in their minds. If that makes any sense. It doesn't because like I'm never that attached. I thought the guy who played Jesus was pretty cool. I liked the kind of like kung fu flair he brought to it. Um, it is weird to have him take step forward into this leadership role. But then again, I don't know. Maybe that that's going to be the thing that heals the community. Like, you know, that he was the one running these kind of back channels and trying to establish the stuff. And he dies for what he believes in. He dies just to uh, save an Alexandrian, the leader of the hilltop. It also paves the way for Maggie to come back next season. Well, Tara. Um, I mean, Tara is going to step in. Tara seems like she has been the leader. Yes. The de facto leader of this community. That's true. In all but name. Like, I mean. So do we need Maggie back at all? Is not like I just assumed I that think. we were going to get her back at the next season, that they're going to give her enough time to go film whatever she needed to film. And then she'd come back and, you know, she's just kind of yeah. cooling out at Georgie's. But uh, I'm pretty uh, sure she doesn't come back in season 10. Um, huh? Really? Yeah. Wow. They've really fridged her then. Um, I think so. Well, I, I, I mean, saw an interview with her from nine months ago that was like, are you excited to, uh, you know, be coming back to The Walking Dead? Nine months ago, probably was before they had, yeah, uh, released, but not before they had started filming that season, that hmm. second half of ten. Well, and um, they never even finished the second half of ten. So, like, what the, if she right, comes the back at the finale? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We're 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 speculating about shit that people already know about. But I I, I just think that yeah, I'm I'm, I guess I'm I don't know Tara, fist bump. 
How do we feel about her being the leader of a community? She seems to at least be willing to take on the responsibility, unlike Jesus. That's true. She seemed to like she's really willing to the tear in and fill in that administrative role that like you know clearly Jesus wasn't comfortable with. But no, I don't know because like, doing most of it anyway, he was just making the decisions, right? Is this a way like if Jesus dies, is this a way for them to like go back to Daryl and be like, you need you know Jesus? But that, that so that's that doesn't make sense because like it felt like. There was a plot here where Aaron was trying to impress upon Jesus that he's ducking his responsibility and his full potential the same way Daryl is doing. Yeah. Why do that if you're going to kill him at the end of this episode? I'm with you. It's It seems like... I don't know, but you're, know. but but you're right. Like, but uh, the other thing is, like, there's such a huge group. Is it possible? I need to go back and watch it. Like, is it possible that there's still a contingent, like, trying to stabilize Aaron, uh, Jesus, and then Daryl is just like, you know, him and Michonne are more interested in like what the fuck is going on with these evolved zombie kind of thing. Maybe. Um, but I am really curious to get to find out more about this whispers. Um, like, what a weird fucking like inventive post-apocalyptic group like a, a, a group right. of people who are like going all in on the you know rick and uh um uh glenn strategy of covering mm-hmm. themselves with like like covering themselves in a full zombie suit um expertly steering herds around to what purpose and what in like what do they get out of running people down and you know, getting zombies to eat them. Are they eating them too? Are they just doing this to get their gear? Are they like trying to like destroy communities so they can inherit them? Like, what is their deal? How do they do it? I'm, I think this is all inherently fascinating. Yeah. So Um, dude, when he stabs Jesus says you're, you are where you don't belong or something like that. Um, yeah. Are they like, a? You know those weird kind of eco terrorists that like uh, like the the human extinction project that thinks that you know we just uh, irrevocably fucked up the planet and the best thing we can do is just stop having babies and die. Yeah. Or like the militant version of that is like we should actively you know <laughs> support things that kill hum- yeah that call the herd. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're like that that like you know zombies are the superior form of life. We had our run. We're kicking against the goads. I mean, and- it's clearly not true. It's so demonstrably untrue. Yeah. Yeah, the, but it, people I would be people be crazy. If that was their philosophy. I mean, I saw I saw a trash based philosophy that <laughs> that communities embraced. You know, uh, it's weird. Right. Sure, <laughs> it's weird. Sure, is this any 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 worse than the guilty remnant of the leftovers? I mean, yeah. this people do weird shit in extreme situations. I, I want to see the people who've gone all in on the cat's life. Uh, just you know, are are pulling the the cue for Mission Impossible or not the cue the m for mission impossible yeah um is it m or is that money penny i can't remember uh you're talking about j yeah yeah i want to see (laughs) the people who are just running around as furries constantly oh right yeah yeah they're they're fucking yiffing in the post-apocalypse sure oh yeah there's gotta be some remnant of of that lifestyle out there yeah the the furry remnant sure yeah i can see it (laughs) stitching themselves in those fursuits hell yeah Uh, but this is also a pretty effective cliffhanger because, as you said, almost everyone we give a shit about is in this fucking hammer horror graveyard and they're completely hemmed in by an intelligent herd or at least a herd that's being directed intelligently. That's some shit. Uh, yeah, I'm legit kind of beside myself to watch the next episode. Yeah, fortunately, it's already out. We won't have to wait that long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I don't think 
I don't know what the plan is here, but I think our plan is to see if we have enough feedback to do a feedback episode that's dedicated to that. If not, probably do maybe some other stuff to fill a, a single week and then get right back to it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah. Um, to keep on trucking through at least season season nine because yeah. uh, I looked uh, I looked at my TV guide. Uh, shit, fuck all. Still on television by mm-hmm. and large. Uh, we have a couple things coming up. Um, Umbrella Academy. Uh, the boys, which I am legit excited about, yeah, but that's yeah. more of a September thing or late August. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, more Walking Dead coming your way and uh, with perhaps a brief interlude to consider feedback. So, hey, send in that feedback to Watching Dead at BaldMove.com or Walking Dead at BaldMove.com. And, uh, you know, we, we will consider whatever feedback we got, either part of a larger episode or as a standalone. And we'll keep doing that. Uh, I think uh, when we wrap up season nine, it'll be another good opportunity to consider feedback as well, because we are recording these in advance to kind of, you know, get us future proof on our schedule. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we would like to hear from you. And thanks. Everybody has sent in stuff thus far. All right. And I think that'll do it for this half season. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Tune in for that feedback episode or whatever it is next week. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. See ya.